Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. The EU Commission's Farm to Fork and Biodiversity Strategy includes a target of reaching 25% of agricultural land under organic farming by 2020. When we look at our European neighbours, most countries have a much higher area dedicated to organic production than Ireland. For example, in Sweden, around 7% of all cereal area is inorganics. Organic tillage isn't widely practiced in Ireland. However, there is a substantial demand for certain products in Ireland, especially food grade oats and feed for livestock. In the past month, the Department of Agriculture has opened an organic farming scheme and I'm delighted to be joined on the tillage edge by Elaine Levy, an organic specialist in Chagas to discuss why tillage farmers should consider organic production in the coming years. You're very welcome, Elaine. And I first want to ask you, what makes a good organic tillage farmer? Yes, Mike, that's a good way to start. I'm actually going to answer that questions, that question with a number of questions. When somebody's thinking about converting to organic cereals, they have to ask themselves these kind of questions. First of all, can they see themselves growing a crop without relying on pesticides and chemical fertilizers? Uh, because when I start talking about organics in a group, that's one of the first things I ask people is as regards what is organic farming mean to them? So you need to really, as a farmer, you need to ask yourself that question because that always comes back when people are thinking about converting to organics. Also, you need to look at, do you have a source of farmyard manure slurry compost on the farm or near to you, available to you? Secondly, then you have, thirdly, you have to look at, this whole area of incorporating a grass clover break into your rotation because rotations is a key part of organic cereal uh, production and as we all know what rotation is a sequence of crops uh, that are grown in over a number of years and in organics uh, cereal you're not allowed to use chemical nitrogen fertilizer so the whole area of fertility building in the form of a grass clover break is very very important so those are the kind of just three key elements to be thinking about considering before you you uh, convert to, to organic cereals. So when we go back to think about, you know, what makes a good organic tillage farmer uh, from existing people that you know of yes. already, they very much incorporate obviously all of those three, but to, in, in terms of your, in your mind, what makes them really good as, uh, as organic farmers? I would say they're increased intention to detail. You have to be very very good in attention to detail. So you have to plan, 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 because in, in organic farming, we always say there's no quick fix solution. So you have to plan. So you have to think about your rotation. What is that going to be made up of? You can't do what you're doing maybe at the moment, continuously cropping with the same crop. So the key element is in relation to, to the rotation and to the planning of your, of your crops. Also, as organic farmers tend to look at the whole area of nutrients and feeding the crop, it, they look at actually feeding the soil to feed the crop rather than feeding the crop. So the soil fertility and what's going on under the ground is very, very important and to help that the best way possible in, in the with following within the organic standards that you have to farm to. Uh, so again, I suppose the, the main, the main uh, I suppose, challenges you would have to look at is the whole area of the good rotation about your nutrient management and also uh, the whole area of, of weed control. Again, as I said at the outset, you can't use those uh, sprays. So how are you going to manage weed control? So 
Is it possible then to be a, a completely tillage farmer in an organic system or are animals essential in the system to generate some of that nutrients you were talking about? It is, well, it is possible, Michael, to be what's called a stockless rotation. It is certainly possible in a, an organic cereal uh, system. I suppose you have to look again. I know I'm repeating myself, but you will have to see where you can source nutrients, what is available to you, because uh, organic farmers can take in organic manures from non-organic farms. There is a, a number of regulation that he, to, that you have to adhere to but that is, is is a possibility again the planning you need to know what crops your fertility of your land you're starting with and then planning your, your your crops so yes it is possible it is not as easy of course where you have a situation where you have a mixed enterprise where you have nutrients being produced and you have uh, if you're in a clover situation in as part of the fertility building you have your animals available to eat to it but eat eat that 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 forage but certainly yes it is possible but again you have to know what you're going to be doing and be very familiar so in a sense elaine you're 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 growing a number of crops within a rotation to feed the other crops that you're going to sell yes exactly so you need to know yes you need to know your crop offtakes nutrient management planning will be very important exactly michael you need to know what your nutrient level is what crops will will take away nutrients what crops will bring in nutrients and all the rest yes and help with the whole area well, it's, it sounds like elaine then quite a big mindset change going from conventional to organic in in, in that sense that, absolutely uh, not every area of ground is going to be for sale every year if you like or the produce and that's not going to be for sale every year absolutely very very important and while it might the attitude and the attitude is very very important absolutely and it's critical that you have the right attitude going in because again look at not everything is going to go right for everybody and you have to have the attitude if it doesn't work to get up and and, and try and go again yes certainly attitude you nearly as i would say to people in ways you go when you when you decide to convert to organics the, the land has to go through a conversion phase but you have to be converted yourself that you know exactly yourself what uh, what is involved and and investigate and get acquainted with what adjustments will be needed and 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 talk to other organic cereal growers etc and, and be very be you know consider and investigate what you're going okay. to be doing is very important and you mentioned a conversion of, of the mind to a degree but there is a conversion yes phase. is, there, is yes. there between conventional and organic you might maybe just describe yes yes what, what that's about what the transition period is and, and what farmers do or how they manage in that transition yeah. period Let's say I decided in the morning that I was going to convert to organics. I am. That's the, way, the path I'm going to take. The, what your land undergoes is what's called a conversion phase, and in most cases, that conversion phase is for two years. So your land is undergoing conversion for two years. At the end of those two years, your your land is certified as ha, as having full organic status, and in a serial situation, 24 months after your conversion stage. Uh, starts that would be your first full organic crop being grown so it's a two-year conversion phase i suppose how does people get involved in it? I, in relation to 
what is involved. If you decide to go to, to convert to organics, or in, in this case, an organic cereal enterprise, you have to register with an organic certification body. In Ireland, the competent authority that ensures that the organic regulation is adhered to by all producers and processors is the organic unit of the Department of Agriculture. And they are based in Johnstown Castle. And they have, um, they have designated organic certification bodies to carry out an inspection and licensing at a farm level to all organic farmers. So there's a cross-reporting mechanism between the certification body and the organic unit of the Department of Agriculture. So in Ireland, you have two uh, certification bodies that carry out inspections and certification for land-based uh, systems. And uh, you, reg you have the choice of the two. So you, the first thing is you contact one of the two organic certification bodies. Uh, there are the Irish Organic Association and the Organic Trust. And you, they send you out an application pack and you make an application to them. And then they will inspect uh, and certify you as you, as you start your, two, your journey in, in organics. And they will always be there to regulate and inspect you. And that's part of the process. Okay, so we go back a little bit. Um, so in 2021, uh, I decide, or, uh, or a farmer, let's just say, decides mm. he's going to get into, he or she is going to get into um, organic farming. So the crop that's produced uh, in 2021 will obviously have no, no. Uh, chemical pesticides or fertilizers, etc. That crop then comes to be sold at harvest. That can't be sold as organic no, that needs to be sold not, as no. conventional yes okay and then we roll yeah. and, and then we roll on another year in 2022 similar story yes uh, still can't be sold has, no. as organic has to be sold as conventional it'd be in conversion it would be okay. regarded as an in-conversion crop then yeah, and the, the next year then 2023 then is the first year that that farmer can sell uh, that output as yes. uh, organic yeah. Okay. So if I start on the first, if a farmer starts on the 1st of April 2021 in, in conversion, it's 21, 22, 23. So it's a crop sown after the first year conversion, two years conversion. That will be their first organic crop. Yes. Okay. And we'll come to we'll come to maybe some of the monetary stuff in, in, in a minute in terms of some of the uh, supports that, that are available. We'll get to that, in, to that in a few minutes. If we just go back to this to the sales part of it, what sort of markets are out there at the moment in terms of the organic uh, produce in terms of grain? We did a figures in, in, in 2018 uh, as regards estimating what the what the actual demand for cereals within the organic sector and ad, estimated that there's with all the sector demands from, from all the livestock processing, et cetera, there was a three and a half times more of what's being produced at the moment is required for the sector. So there is a great demand for organic cereals presently. Uh, you're looking at um, demand from the side of farmers themselves, livestock producers, looking for cereals to feed their animals. Uh, you're looking from a processor point of view, the likes of Flahavans, for example, they are continuously looking for uh, more organic uh, grain growers in the form of organic oats for their porridge market. Uh, so there is a great demand for cereals uh, uh, within the sector. And that will be one of the main challenges from it, uh, from in relation to um, the, the sector as a whole is the demand from the livestock enterprises uh, for 
um, for organic cereal being grown in the country because it's just not there and it's it's causing a challenge in in relation to having to import in um, cereals and concentrates on the farm. And when you talk about that, um, so for the likes of Flavins, let's say for instance, they, they've they've organic goats. That's a fairly easy a supply chain, I suppose. You d- you deliver down to them and mm. and and mm. They, they they take in and they do the processing from that point of view. In terms of um, the other, because we obviously an organic farmer can't grow oats every year in the no, same. There's got to be rotations right. yes, before. Yes, so correct. there's other there's other um, whether it's barley or uh, whatever else is kind of kind of coming through the system. In terms of the organic farmer getting a market for that, is there a, a number of merchants to take that in, or is it generally? farm to farm sale in smaller lots oh it does not work the sector the way it is at the moment i've said the opportunities are there uh so you would have a number of farmers that are setting themselves up and are trading farm to farm smaller quantities is certainly a way of of the the cereals because um that would be the most common one that i would be familiar with as regards from the cereals being produced there's also a number of farmers another type of cereal Getting uh, gaining popularity is this whole area of combi crops where you are growing a cereal with a uh, combinable pea. There's um, there's more of, there's more of an interest in that being grown also, uh, and that is trading farm to farm also. So that would be the main ways that it would be okay, going. So, so there's a bit of marketing to be done by any of the organic tillage farmers, I suppose, as well. But but as you say, if the demand is there, it's 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 kind of an open market. It's there, but you need to yes, the demand is there. But like as as you said, you need to. That will be one of your you know like we would be talking about when you're talking about the steps to organic uh, conversion. You need to assess the market, what market you're going to go into, and what compliance are is needed in in relation to, to that market. But there is a definitely a demand out there for for cereals. Okay. So just the, the, the last question before we kind of get into the organic scheme that's going to be opened up there. Um, in terms of the, you mentioned already that there's the, the Department of Agriculture have a, an organic unit there and you also have the Organic Trust and the, uh, uh, Irish, organic the Irish Organic yeah, Association as well. Yes. Um, are all of all, if you're involved, obviously to be involved with the, the department and one of those trusts, are both of those people coming to the farm to uh, inspect what you're doing and does that happen regularly and is that a, a bit of an onerous task and in relation to inspections uh, the organic certification body um, will inspect a farmer every year they get an annual inspection and they will have record keeping um, to keep they have a record book to keep so you will get an inspection from your certification body every year now there are a number of a small number of on-spot inspections that, that may take place and then the department will do the department will do a certain num- an audit on a certain number of farms every year you might have you might never see somebody from the department it depends on on what who comes out of the hat in relation to to that audit is it onerous okay yes you have to keep records but I I was actually talking to a farmer recently who's very well in and he said we're keeping records anyway so it is more records but it's not there's a I suppose it's not too much more than what you'd be doing anyway so it's kind of uh, really what you're doing is keeping a record of your sales, purchases, inputs, land use, etc. So, um, it's not. I wouldn't say it's too onerous, but but it has to be done in in a nutshell. I, I'm sure the majority of farmers have, um, you know, being good business people, have no problem at all keeping records because of uh, what's yes. the old saying: if you 
if you don't measure it, you can't change it or some, something along those lines. Absolutely. Um, so. Yes, absolutely. So it's, it's a way of re record keeping. It's also keeping an eye on, on what's going on as well. It's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's showing on paper what you're doing outside. So well. the government have a new uh, scheme opened up. It's the first time it's opened in the last three years or four years, I think. So it's, it's opened up recently. Yes, it opened um, up on the 1st of March, maybe, yeah. Yeah, you might maybe tell us just a little bit about that, what, what a farmer has to do, what sort of payments are there, how long they last for, that kind of thing. Yeah, they, um, in uh, for just in March, uh, the, a new organic farming scheme, an organic farming scheme was opened up for new entrants. And the budget is in the region of uh, 4 million. And it's expected to, uh, that will allow between four and 500 new entrants into organic farming. Uh, in relation to the process of how do I apply for the organic farming scheme, uh, as we said earlier, we were talking the first step in relation to this is to register with one of your organic one of the organic certification bodies and make an application to them. And then they um, when they get their application in, your application in, what they do is they notify the organic unit department that you have applied for uh, as a as an organic registered as an organic operator and that will allow you then the department will open up the window on agfood.ie and then you make your application then for the organic farming scheme on agfood.ie and that all has to be done the closing date is the 30th of april so that's the process for that also when you're doing your bps application you will be taking that you're applying for the organic farming scheme and you will you will declare your parcels of land, what they're being cropped and in conversion. In relation to um, the payment rates, uh, there are payment rates. Uh, we mentioned that when you go into conversion, your two-year conversion, so there's high, it's, a, it's a higher rate of payment in the first two uh, years of the scheme. Just since we're talking about organic cereal producers, organic tillage producers with an area of six hectares or more in the first uh, two years those with less than 20 hectares will get 260 euro per hectare and that is uh, and greater than 20 hectares and up to 60 hectares is about is 220 euro per hectare so you get that for year one and two and then after that for the remaining term of the scheme your full organic status your payment will get to 170 euro per hectare if you actually have a farmed area greater than 60 hectares, each hectare is 60 hectares in the first two years. And uh, for full organic status, then after then you get 30 euros per hectare. So that is the, the nuts of the application process. When will farmers know? Um, again, if it's oversubscribed, there is a ranking and selections uh, criteria put in place. Um, I, and then in relation to whether, um, when you will find out acceptance into scheme, it's expected farmers will be notified in early in October in relation to whether they've been accepted into the scheme, they will be notified then. Also part of the application process is the completion of a 25 hour organic farming principles course. And we in Chagas deliver those courses. Uh, you have until the 1st of April next year to complete that course. So we'll be running those courses from uh, early summer onwards. So Elaine, um, you get into the scheme for five years. And Up to five paid, years, yeah. You pay those various amounts of money. And after yes. that, then you, your, your payment stops. You, you, you get no more payments for being an organic, only for what comes from the marketplace. Is that it? 
uh, yeah, in the five years. But however, if depending, like let's say uh, a large number of organic farmers in the organic farming scheme completed their, their contracts in late 2019 and they were given transitional arrangements to continue on. So if there's a scheme there when you're finished, you're start, finished your initial contract, you may be able to roll on onto an initial contract. So your initial contract is up to five years in, in, in the scheme. Okay, so there's a potential the of those payments same, yeah. staying there in the longer term, just rolling over from one scheme to the next. Well, it, they may not be similar because, as you know yourself, the rural development plan, new rural development cap fundings are not in place. So we have to wait and see what changes will be will be made. But you'd be expecting and hoping that that you won't fall off a cliff edge, you know, at the end of this, that there will be something there for farmers to continue. That would be okay. the hope and expectation. And would I be right in saying that if you are in in, in the organic uh, system, there are other supports for capital uh, equipment? Yes, the, yes, there's TAMS, the, uh, which is similar to TAMS, the Organic Capital Investment Scheme. And it's similar to the uh, ordinary TAMS, except there are specific species sorry not species specific pieces of equipment so for example you have flame weeders you would have a spring tine harrow chain harrow cedar so there's specific pieces of equipment that are registered organic farmers can uh, apply for um, and then there is one more scheme that's currently under review and i is the off-farm um processing so if you're not selling just grain if you're doing some off-farm processing uh, there's a grant there. It's currently under review, and I've been told that the minister will be making an announcement on that scheme in, in the near future. Okay. So, uh, just two final questions. From your knowledge of farmers who are, say, let's just say they're predominantly tillage, um, from everything you've said, you're kind of saying, look, you need to be a good farmer, whichever way it is. Um, but from your knowledge of those farmers, are they as profitable or more profitable or less profitable than current tillage farmers? Um, they can be look at um, again, it's a small sector within in our within the sector. They are profitable, of course they can. but again, the simple answer is yes, but it depends on a large no, and huge number of factors. It, it depends on their land quality, it depends on their attitude, it depends on the price they're getting for their crop, it depends on their yields. So there's a huge number of factors invo involved in relation to the profitability. But yes, they, 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 they are profitable. Okay, so then for conversion and the final question to you Elaine, for um, Conventional farmers at the moment, the scheme is currently open. Um, mm -hmm. And for those uh, farmers who maybe want to get into organic farming, if you had one or two key pieces of advice to leave them with as part of this podcast, um, what would they be? I suppose, first of all, it comes back to them, the need to ask themselves, if I'm going into this organic system, can I produce my crop with, with those couple of key questions I asked at the start? And I would also try, to, uh, we've talked about it for half an hour, but I think talk to other organic cereal growers, talk to organic farmers and see what they, how they're doing. Because it, it's a key, um, it, it's a big change. It, uh, and there has been very, a lot of successful people are doing it. So talk to those and see how they're getting on and get, get, the, get the boots on the ground as regards the, 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 the production system and the, what's involved in relation to the, the, their, their approaches to what they're doing. 
Okay, Elaine, that's brilliant. Thank you very much for, for all of that. It's uh, certainly worth considering for, for some farmers out there. Um, so thanks for your time. And we might come back to you again during the season and chat a little bit more about organic tillage farming. And thank you for your time, Michael. So that's it for the Tillage Edge. And my thanks to Elaine for joining me on the podcast. The next episode in the series of Crop Agronomy webinars is on Tuesday, April the 6th at 11.30am. For more details, go to www.chagas.ie forward slash events. Don't forget, if you like this podcast, then recommend it to a colleague or friend and always rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more farming news and information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. and I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.